1: you damn right welcome to your thursday not just any thursday but for some of you if you are a texas longhorn fan or a houston cougar fan or maybe a k-state fan or one of another few teams you get a special thursday this is sweet 16's about to start and your team's still in it Thursday and we're going to talk plenty of basketball today it is Chad and Zay as the Sweet 16 is about to begin we'll get into some of the off the court stories around the Longhorns at national media they just won't go away plus a weird story about the Mavericks last night are the Mavericks making it worse or did the NBA go after them and uh, maybe did the officials go after them last night we'll talk about that Scott Spinelli, host of the Breakdown on the Believe Network and the former interim coach at BC, will join us once again to break down the Sweet 16. It is going to be a busy show. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier, speaking of somebody who's ready for the Sweet 16. What's up, Zay? I might
0: yak before the show tomorrow. That's how nervous I am about this Xavier team. Woo! Tough Just Matt. watching more and more film on these guys. Uh-huh. They're a really good squad. I don't know how Kennesaw State had them down by 13 in the second half and blew that game, but that's what also makes them scary. They could come back down 13, stay calm, and Sean Miller could get the job done. And Texas, they got their work cut out for them tomorrow night, 8.45 p.m.
1: Yeah, they uh, they did reel them in. We were sitting there watching it at Twin Peaks. Shout out to the Stastny location at Twin Peaks. That's where we were when it was brewing. And you said it was thirteen at the worst, right? Yeah. Kennesaw State. We're looking up, trying to figure out where Kennesaw State we was. Know it was. It's in Georgia. We're trying to dig up the information, and slowly but surely, Xavier reeled them in. As we're going through the show, they reeled them in. They got big shots when they needed it, and they ultimately, uh, you know, advanced through. That one was seventy-two sixty-seven by the end of it with free throws, and then they beat Pitt by. 11, Texas and Xavier obviously will be a big part of our discussion today. Yeah, with
0: that Pitt game, just watching both of them this weekend, Kennesaw State, then Pitt, Mm -hmm. it's tough for a team playing in the first four to win three straight games in six days with the magnitude of the games, like winner go home, March Madness, the team
1: that you're playing. So and Pitt, that extra travel to me has always been a big part. That extra travel is a
0: B. That's rough, like, man. It is rough. So Pitt, I don't think they got the best of that pit team. They looked pretty exhausted mm-hmm. in that game. But Kennesaw State, they had them. They had them on the ropes like Ali. And Xavier, they just came back and got the dub. Oh, boy. Uh, Adam, um, excuse me, Jack Nunji. He had a huge block to win that game. Is that right? Okay. huge block. Dude went to the lane, been killing them all day in the lane, getting those layups, and at the end of the game, he tried to get another one of those scoop shots, Big seven-footer, pinned it on the glass. That was ball game.
1: Uh, Jack Nungey, seven-foot senior. This is the guy that was at Iowa. Remember, three starters transferred, from, uh, transferred in. The other thing that stands out about him is a 40% three-point shooter, and he's put up 97 of them this year. So he's a seven-footer that can give you that kind of a block, but he can also get out there and shoot a good percentage from three. They have a few guys that can do that. It's sort of like these first two opponents for Texas that right. they've been able to neutralize at the three-point line. They're going to have to do it again. Xavier loves to shoot the three.
0: So he was shooting them a lot more when Fremantle was there before he broke his foot. The other six-nine okay. big that they had, he was able to get out there, Nungy, and shoot the three more. Now that they don't have him and they've replaced him with Jerome Hunter, he's more on the block. So he'll still shoot the three. He's 40%. He'll shoot around 2.7. He'll hit around one. or something like that. He'll shoot it. He doesn't want to. And I think with this new roster that they have with Jerome Hunter, I think they want to go inside a little bit more with Hunter and uh, Nungi. But, yeah, he'll shoot them, and he'll try to bring Christian Bishop and Dylan DeSue out there to see what they could do. But on that other side, he going to have to come out too.
1: Yeah, that's true. he's going to
0: have to stop that push-shot-pick-and-roll play that's been so on the money with Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue these last few weeks. So it's going to be a hell of a game. But, yeah, just watching more and more of them. Get more and more nervous. They can fill it up. One of the best offensive teams in the nation. Everybody they put on the court for Sean Miller can score just in different ways. So a lot like this Texas team, which I said yesterday, when you focus on their main guys, which is, you know, Boom and Nunji, then other guys like Jones and – Kunkel who had five threes in the first half against Pitt then they could start getting buckets Mm. and that's what makes them so scary
1: so in terms of your first off in terms of your bracket do you have I know you have Texas going to the final four do you have them beating Xavier yes okay so you got Texas winning this game that would be your pick right now correct you just you're getting more and more concerned about the matchup itself yeah yeah oh yeah Yeah. boom
0: has one of the most awkward games I've seen for somebody as productive as he is. 16 points a game, first team all, Big East. He throws some crazy floaters up there where he's off balance. It doesn't look like he's going to shoot it. And then all of a sudden he'll go up and he'll throw these, you know, step-back jumpers and shots that are pretty contested. He doesn't need much space. And him and Kunkel, they could both really shoot it and they get it off quick. Mm-hmm. So I – It's going to be tough. Like It's going to be really difficult if the Horns win that game to lock in on Saturday and rest and prepare for Miami or U of H. That's going to be really difficult because I think the Xavier team, if the Horns win the game, it's going to take a lot out of them it is, just because they're so good offensively and the Horns got to really buckle down defensively and get some stops if they want to advance to the Elite Eight.
1: If you have thoughts on uh, that game or anything else, the Specs text line is 337-3776. Somebody already texted in, do you think the Horn's playing uh, a lot in T-Mobile Arena is an advantage? We talked about that this week. The fact that Texas gets to go to Kansas City, those other three teams not as used to that building. Uh, You would think it could be a little bit of an advantage. Uh, Coming up at 1230, Scott Spinelli, as we mentioned, going to break Down not only Texas Xavier, but what does he think about the rest of the bracket? He's the guy last week that told us to take that Miami team. He thinks Miami, I want to say he said he maybe thought they could make even more of a run and maybe even get to Houston. We'll see what he thinks of Miami and Houston and the rest of the matchups coming up. Zay, let's get into a little bit of off-the-court stuff, though, because we've been talking about, obviously all season, the job that Rodney Terry's been doing. The incredible run that Texas went on after the whole Chris Beard situation. And then there's this discussion that's come up nationally as they made their move. They made their run. Beat Kansas once and beat them bad. You start to get a little more talk. Beat them again and beat them bad. And Vital was sitting there both times. That mouth starts running a little bit more. And what his mouth starts saying is, What are you doing? I can't believe Texas hasn't done it. It's unbelievable. It's so obvious. Rodney Terry. Now he is, Vital always pushes for coaches. I mean, he always pushes yep, for coaches. former coach. Makes it, sense, right? He could be anything, Dick. You know, they just arrested him with 900 kilos of cocaine. He's trying to distribute to the players. <laughs> he's always been a good guy, but with Terry, he's gonna he he's going with it pretty hard. But people that watch the broadcast—that's yeah,
0: an understatement. What he yeah. said on Twitter today, yeah. he basically said the Texas Athletic Department lack of class. He didn't basically say, he said that.
1: Yeah, let's say give give him exactly what Vital put out there because this does put it at a different conversation.
0: In all caps. Last night, he said, lack of class, by all caps, Texas Athletic Board. I can buy, waiting until the end of the regular season on the status of Rodney Terry. He actually added Rodney Terry on Twitter Mm. in this. However, after winning a Big 12 conference title, he added a Big 12 on that too, he deserved a multi-year deal, added Texas men's basketball and ESPN via ESPN app.
1: See, my thing would be, now that you're to this point, like you've talked about with the momentum of the team, if the team is rolling like it is, do you want to not mess with that momentum right now? And if I'm Dick Vitale, a national media guy, but also, you just said it, a former coach, and I'm not even going to dog out his resume here. Dick, you were a former coach. You know what Rodney Terry's dealing with right now, just trying to focus on surviving and advancing. Why? Why are you getting involved in this? Why are you going that strong? You're calling Texas classless as we're about to go into the Sweet 16 matchup? Yeah, I don't agree with Dick there. For you as a fan, Zay, is all this national talk, has it developed into a distraction for you? Are you concerned about the idea that this could be a distraction? Or do you trust that Rodney Terry and these players know what the, what the ultimate score is here and they're moving forward?
0: Uh, I trust that they know what the goals here are moving forward. I mean, this was going to come with the success You know, we knew it could be a distraction if you would have given him the job maybe too early, maybe after they won in Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. And who knows what would have happened? Would they have been able to have that same mindset going up against Colgate and Penn State if Coach Terry would have had the job? You know, would they still play with that same edge? We don't know. But I like that CDC hasn't made that decision due to these guys having the extra edge, knowing. They are playing for Coach Terry and his job. You've heard Dylan Sue talk about it, Timmy Allen. All of them have talked about it. They know what's going on. So they want Coach Terry to have the job. They're going to play their hearts out and still just having it up in the air, having, you know, Kurt Bowles put out a report saying "Yeah, let's uh, mention that. Penn State is interested, mm-hmm. saying Cal Berkeley is interested. Both of those schools can't even touch Texas, especially in the basketball department. But – That's starting to come up, which for Coach Terry, it should. Like, he's having success. Right. This is a crazy season, what they've had to overcome, how he's kept his team locked in. And I know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, but they have veteran leadership. Well, we just still don't know what would have happened if Coach Terry wasn't the coach. You just still never know. You still got to go out there, coach. You still got to prepare. You still have to have a scouting report. You still have to call timeouts at the right times. You still have to be that motivational guy. There's so much that goes into coaching. You see Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson, they want to stay. They're
1: still coming back to campus. Like they were just here. All these, and then we've talked about former players, right? Big time former players giving him the love. TJ Ford thinks he should be the coach. Kevin Durant with multiple comments. Just dropped something today, an hour ago. KD said
0: on his boardroom podcast that he has with ESPN, he said about Rodney Terry, he has led his team on and off the court as well as anyone could have expected. To see them in a Sweet 16 with as good a shot to win a national championship as anyone is a testament to the amazing job he's done then he retweeted that and said let's get it texas basketball so you have arguably the greatest texas basketball player ever vouching for him i said arguably i know cb somewhere mm-hmm. in seattle saying tj ford say tj ford yeah, cb right. you know arguably mm-hmm. it's you know it could go either way Sure. but brandy
1: perriman right <laughs> go go ahead Continue.
0: <laughs> Ken Paulino, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, now the distraction is, okay, he's done enough. Now people are like, especially Dickie V, those guys, are like, he's done enough. He deserves it. While I'm back here, like, nah, let it be. Let it be. I need more of this. I need curveballs. You got any more teams but, you want to throw out there? I, I'm good but, with that.
1: Okay, but see, that's the thing. In a way, it, in a way, aren't Wouldn't we be kind of insulting this team if we're believing that what we're seeing is strictly based on that, on a chip on the shoulder? Like, what would be so bad about CDC right now, as they're about to go into the Sweet 16, putting out an an announcement, just putting out a tweet and go, hey, by the way, anybody that's interested, stay away. We have a basketball coach. His name is Rodney Terry, and we're going to discuss an extension after the season. End of discussion. What would be so bad about that? Someone else texted distraction or motivation for Texas. Couldn't it put a little extra juice into Marcus Carr and Rice and all those guys to know, you know what, fellas, you had a job to do in your mind. You had a goal, multiple goals. One of them was Coach Terry needs to be our coach. Guess what? That one you've succeeded at. He's the coach. Don't make don't turn it into like don't make yourself into some Kentucky or UCLA that you're really not. Don't make it into, well, the final four or bust is all we're about. Calm down. You're Texas basketball. Calm down. What he's done, if you're making the arguments for where you've been and where you are right now, I think there's an argument to be made for CDC to end the discussion right now. You don't have to actually put pen to paper yet, but just say you will. What's wrong with
0: that? Nothing. Nothing. Not- but, I I mean, I know people talk about he didn't do that with the tennis coach. This ain't tennis. Yeah, Love what they do in tennis. Love all the other sports. But we know football, baseball, basketball, we know what those mean down here opposed to the other sports.
1: True. And here's another fact. This is probably another detail of it. No matter how much Penn State or Cal or anybody is interested, I would assume whatever deal they struck with Rodney Terry, remember, they gave him a raise. They did give him a raise as they declared him the interim head coach. I'm sure that deal says nobody gets to talk to Rodney Terry until I do right. coming from CDC. So if they want to just you know wait and that's what he's done, he can say he can continue to say, we're going to the end of the year as long as he's communicating behind the scenes with Rodney Terry. In some way, see to keep the distract. As long as it's th- you just don't want it to be a distraction, that's what I worry about for you, for Texas fans out there, for this team with Vital running his mouth. All the CBS guys can't stop talking about it. Charles Barkley and Smith and Kellogg and Seth. De- I can't believe Texas hasn't made a move yet, and then it just creates this this cloud of weirdness that may not even need to exist. But that's what's weird, Chad, because
0: according to Kurt Bowles, who has about as many skins on the wall as anybody. In this business when it comes to Austin, Texas sports and Mm -hmm. University of Texas. So where Kurt says, yeah, he got some sources.
1: Yeah.
0: He said on Twitter, one big factor to consider, RT has been told nothing about his chances. CDC has always said he'll decide after the season. So they're just not talking about it. It hasn't been talked about, which that's odd. To what you're saying, like, it's just not talked about. We're just going to act like nothing's happening. Okay, that's weird. But, again, I think Coach Terry is in a great position to get the job. I'm around 90% sure it's his.
1: I was going to say, yeah. But
0: at, at this point, with Sweet 16, you got KD talking, TJ talking. Everybody in their mama says he should get the job. They're in the Sweet 16 At the last time. Since DJ Augustine was running and dropping dimes and – Coach Terry was on that same staff. Mm -hmm. It's been a hot minute. So, I get it. Chris Beard was here when they beat Creighton, was here when they beat Gonzaga. A lot of these guys came to play for Chris Beard. Chris Beard did a really good job of building culture. But with what Coach Terry has done since Coach Beard hasn't been here has been so impressive, and you you got to acknowledge it.
1: You have to. Someone texted, CDC can't say that either, Chad. If Terry doesn't want to stay for whatever reason, who has egg on their face then? Well, if they came to that, then they would. Man, Coach Terry talked about retiring here as an assistant. Let's relax. It's, yeah, I mean, it, they would get to that discussion later. I, I would still continue to say all they had to do was take the word interim off. Right. That's all they had to do. They gave him a raise. Take the word interim off, call him your head coach, say you've given him a raise, and then at the end of the year when everybody looks, when Kirk Bowles and other guys that do that for a living look and go, wait, it's just a one-year deal? Wait, it ends at the end of this year? Yes, it does. And then when they ask you the question, go, hey, like anything else, we'll talk about extensions at the end of the year. We don't. I don't want to distract from him and his team right now. He knows how much I support him. We'll talk extension at the end of the year. Then if Roddy Terry doesn't want to coach at Texas, well, that's his prerogative and CDC will find somebody else. If CDC wants Rodney Terry, they'll have the discussion. He'll get an extension. But the whole time, you don't have Dick Vitale and Seth Davis and all those national guys seeing the word interim because it feels weird. Every time I hear Craig say it, it feels weird to me. Welcome back to Pluckers and Longhorn Weekly. I'm here with Texas interim head coach Rodney Terry. Why? It's an extra word that's not necessary because he hasn't been the interim coach you gave him a raise. If you gave him a raise, take the word off, and we could have avoided all this stuff. So I'm hoping all of this Vital and other stuff doesn't get in the way and become some kind of a distraction for them. Someone else texted us, if I texted you guys what I thought of Dick Vital, you couldn't read it on air. All right, fair enough. Some people do get yeah, a little Dickie fired v. up Dickie I love Dickie him v. too,
0: but him at 83 is different than him at 73. Oh, yeah. I'll just say that.
1: God, how much of the broadcast is about Dick? Yeah. Vital, let me be clear. <laughs> it's just all about Dick Vital. He can't say 3 sentences anymore with it be- being about him or trying to make the same old jokes and all that kind of stuff. It's like, Dick, we've got we to gotta keep this fresh, man. Everything has to He's be. He's a legend. It's all you know, about him, and it's like, oh, man, Dick, this team is really on the defensive board. Oh, yeah, they're on the defensive boards. I'll tell you who else was defending. Oh, that incredible waiter we had last night at Jimmy's Steakhouse. Shout out to Jimmy's Steakhouse. And, you know, speaking of Jimmy, I'll tell you what, Jimmy V and all the money we've raised for cancer was unbelievable. They were so nice to me when I had cancer. And I tell you what, John Chubby, you're a superstar. And it's like, all right. And he just we get paid for this. I oh, can't um, believe we get paid for he, this. Dude, I first heard him say that in the early mid '80s. You know, I
0: <laughs> oh, can't believe we been get been paid for this. Career. Come on, we're stealing money. Yes, man, we're stealing money. Yeah,
1: he's not a, he's not at the Bill Walton level yet. It's not that distracting for me because he will still talk hoops a little bit. But man, it, it it can get a little a little tough. So we'll see how that affects the Longhorns. They play late yeah. tomorrow night. That's the other thing. Zay, eighth game out of eight, they've got to listen to all this mess. For a whole nother day, and then all through tomorrow, and how do you, you know, how do you deal with it? Do you try to diffuse it? Do you just take the guys' phones away and say, "Fellas, let's stay away from all the social media"? Uh, and I don't know if they do another media deal today with the coaches. So is Rodney Terry going to have to answer a question about Dick Vitale's comments today? It's just, it just gets in the way. It's just messy stuff. Hopefully, they can keep their mind straight.
0: Yeah, Coach Terry wants to stay here. Let's all nip that in the butt.
1: Like, ago,
0: this guy yeah. was a, you know, St. Edward's Hilltopper. He wants to stay in the ATX. No doubt. He was talking about retiring here as an assistant.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's a great like point to the, bring the up.
0: Man, the man loves the ATX. And if he was given the opportunity, he will take it.
1: Yeah, people don't have a lot of patience nowadays. Social plus, media social media world does not have patience.
0: Plus, something that we aren't going to talk about, there's a certain politics when it comes to Coach Terry. And we ain't going to talk about it, but y'all know. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. uh, We will get to that Mavs story a little later on, possibly the mess that the Mavs kind of created for themselves last night. Up next, let's talk to Scott Spinelli, host of the Breakdown on the Believe Network, former BC interim head coach. Does he think Texas has beaten Xavier? Who does he like in the Final Four now? We will talk to him next on The Horn. had just getting started on a Thursday oh come on now a little double vision from foreigner that's right there we go foreigner they're going on tour apparently one more time whatever's left of foreigner they're heading out there my wife grabbed us tickets for foreigner and Loverboy. I don't know what that means in 2023, but we're going to give it a shot later in the year. <laughs> Shout out to Foreigner. I have no idea who's left in Foreigner. I'm hoping there's somebody that uh, that we recognize. All right. Uh, a lot of basketball on the board today, and we are pleased to be joined by our next guest. It is the Vaqueros Cafe Cantina Hotline. We've had him on a couple times talking about the tournament as we got started, and then once we got into the bracket, he is Scott Spinelli, host of the Breakdown on the Believe Network. Check him out there. He's at Coach Underscore Spinelli's former BC interim head coach. Spent a little time at AM as well. We talked to him about all of that. And now we're going to talk a little Sweet 16. Coach, we appreciate the time again. How are you? Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Man, thank you uh, for coming on. As you can imagine, a lot of folks around Austin excited about what Texas did. Talk to me about the Longhorns first. How impressed were you with uh, what they were able to do getting into the Sweet 16 and uh, and getting by Penn State?
2: Well, look, I tell you what, guys. I mean, they really showed in this tournament thus far that they're a team that is playing their best basketball Obviously, Coach Terry and their staff have done an incredible job. Um, you know, the, the development, or I should say the emergence of DeSue, uh, as, as one of the better players in the entire NCAA tournament, I think he's a sleeper NBA prospect watching him. <laughs> but, again, I mean, they beat a really game Penn State team. That was a very, very good game. Um, obviously, you know, moving forward here, you know, if it sets up where they do move on from this next game, I'm playing Xavier, you know, it sets up potentially for a Houston-Texas showdown. But I like the way Texas is playing right now. And, again, I, I you, know, you can't help but tip your hat to the, the coach, Coach Terry, and their staff. Coach,
0: let me ask you this because you and Coach Terry have this in common. Y'all have both taken over midseason as the head coaches. Talk about some of the difficulties that you have to go through just going from an assistant and jumping straight into the head coach position like you did your last season at Boston College.
2: Well, you know what, I think when you've been, you know, look, he was a head coach prior. I've been a head coach prior to prep schools. But when you've kind of been a longtime assistant where you've been kind of involved in every aspect of the program, um, really moving over one seat, the only difference is, look, you know, your voice obviously is the voice that the kids are going to respond to. You're obviously going to organize your staff in terms of preparation for practice, scouting assignments you got to continue to keep recruiting. So you're having a lot of different meetings as the head coach, and you're organizing them. Uh, again, I think when you've been around, you've been able to delegate some of the power or some of the responsibilities when you've been that top assistant. But, again, I, I don't think it's as big um, if you've been a head coach at any level. I mean, look, co- head coaching is head coaching. But the one thing I do know is when you get on this stage that you're on now, I mean, look, it, this is a stage that, you know, can either do one of two things. You can either rally behind one another, which, again, the coach has a lot to do with that, or you can, you know, kind of break apart. And, again, you've got to tip your hat to Coach Terry and the job he's done with his staff uh, getting that team to play like this.
1: No doubt. Talking hoops with uh, Scott Spinelli here on the horn. All right, Coach, so last week you told us at the beginning of the tournament you said you thought you were going to pick Drake. You love the way they were playing, but then the matchup with Miami changed your mind. You told us you like those Hurricanes in the 512, and you were right. They're in the Sweet 16. They're trying to take Houston out. Tell me about that matchup. Do you think the Hurricanes keep going?
2: No, I don't. I think if, okay. if Sasser's healthy, guys, if Sasser's healthy, if he's healthy, which again, this time off probably did Houston um better than most in terms of just giving him some time to get around the clock treatment, but Look at the Drake game and look what happened defensively in terms of what Drake did to Miami. They're a physical team. They're older. They're experienced. They get up and pressure the basketball. The thing is, Houston's bigger. They're deeper. They're more athletic. And they're going to apply that same type of defensive pressure versus Miami. Yes, Miami's got tremendous talent, a lot of guards, a lot of weapons. But I do think in this game with Sasha Healthy, If you kind of compare the Drake mindset in terms of how they played to Houston, I think Houston's even a notch up, and I thought Miami had a lot of problems that day against Drake. Hmm.
0: Coach, one of the games tonight is going to be a good one. Michigan State and Kansas State at the Garden, Madison Square Garden in New York City. And this Michigan State team, I know it surprised a lot of people across the country, but it shouldn't. Tom Izzo, this is what he does this time of the year. It just seems like sometimes, you know, they're kind of hanging around the middle of the Big Ten. And all of a sudden, once March comes, his team takes that next step. Who do you like tonight? I mean, Jerome Tang, he's done a great job at Kansas State. Marquise Noel is an absolute stud. Uh, five foot seven putting up the points and assists that he does who do you like tonight in that matchup
2: well you have two different type of basketball teams one that was put together uh coach tang and his staff an incredible job they were put together you know late may unbelievable job in terms of the chemistry establishing roles building camaraderie and then you've got a michigan state team that's a program a cultured program yeah, transfers that they've been there a couple years. The one thing about a program like Michigan State and why they're so good at this time of year, the word accountability uh, couldn't be more evident in terms of what Coach Izzo does with his guys. I mean, look, during the season, your job as a coach is to get your guys better, make them better. Every workout, every practice, you're stressing, you're emphasizing it, and you're holding your guys accountable into a standard of excellence. And what he does is does that during the season. So by that you might lose some games during the year but by the time you get to the tournament your team is or your individual players are the best version of themselves and your team collectively is the best version of themselves as a team and I really like Michigan State for that reason in this game.
1: That is one of the games tonight. Also tonight, Coach, you got Tennessee against FAU. Talk to me about the Vols. Obviously, people know about Rick Barnes around these parts. How impressed were you with everybody talking about Duke and how well they were playing? How impressed were you that Tennessee was able to get by them the way they did without Ziggler?
2: Look, I picked Duke uh, to get to the Final Four, so I was one of those guys that actually really thought Duke was playing at a high level, which they were, but (laughs) look, I didn't realize Tennessee in terms of how well they defended. You know, every great defense in basketball, man-to-man starts with pressure on the ball, and their bodies, their physical size... Uh, you know their pressure on the ball. Anytime Duke was dribble driving, which is what Duke predicates itself on, they had that airplane technique where their arms were out, their hips and chest were bumping the ball. And again, guys, just to be honest, everybody's criticizing that as a foul. It really is not a foul if you're not arm barring and your hands are out like that little game when you're young airplane. That's the technique that they uh, perfectly, you know, they per- they perfectly showed in that game. And, again, with those bodies physically, man, I tell you what, they really physically outmatched Duke uh, in that game. And, again, in this next game, I think you're going to – I think, in my opinion, Florida Atlantic is going to be a formidable opponent. I think it's going to be a game that goes first one to 50 wins um, in my mind. But, again, that could change. That's the way I see it. And I still think, uh, you know, again, the, the drop down from Tennessee in terms of what they did after beating Duke, I I expect a little bit of a letdown, so I think Fort Atlantic could sneak up on him in this game.
0: Yeah, Coach, where I'm from, if you ain't used to that type of physicality, we tell you, get in the weight room. That's what we say. (laughs)
2: But but
0: let me ask you this, Coach. You know, a a game that's really interesting to me, which is tomorrow – is the Alabama Crimson Tide going up against San Diego. San Diego, talk about physical. They're nine deep. Not many of those guys play over 30 minutes, so coach keeps them fresh. And their physicality and their athleticism, I think it could, you know, with the way Alabama likes to play and shoot all those threes, I think they might be in trouble tomorrow night. What do you think about that matchup?
2: To me, the storyline of that game is going to be what we've talked about prior to the tournament in terms of all the different subplots to the one seeds. And I think as you as we look at this game, it's going to be the first time that Alabama is going to face adversity. They're going to face adversity in this game. This game is not going to be easy. Um, and I guess the question is all the distractions that have occurred off the floor. Um, is the when the adversity hits, and, and San Diego State, to your point, is physical, they're strong, they're tough, they're on a run, or they get a lead, or the game is close, what will happen with Alabama's psychic? Are they going to come together, or are they going to break apart and those distractions now rear their head? I think San Diego State is going to give them all they can handle, and because of that, I think the distractions, um, again, I think they're going to rear their head, I think San Diego State's going to pull it off.
1: Interesting. And the other side of that bracket, of course, uh, Creighton is a team I know a lot of people liked them at the beginning of the tournament to make a run, and now, Coach, they're staring at a 15-seeded Princeton team. By the way, I want to thank you. Your comments about that Princeton matchup made me pick it in my bracket, (laughs) and I at least look smart for that, so I appreciate you there. Do (laughs) Do you think Princeton's got enough and can get their style onto Creighton to maybe advance? Could we see a 15 go to the round of eight?
2: I think they have a chance. Look, I mean, here's what you have. You have two teams that mirror one another in terms of the three-point ability. You've got four guys on Princeton that have made, literally made, 60 or more threes. I don't think I've ever seen that in college basketball. On the flip side, Creighton's got six guys who have made 20 or more threes. So you're basically looking at two teams that have made over 300 threes on the season as a team. Um, I think it's going to come down to who defends the three-point line and who makes you know, that three-point shot. The biggest difference in this game in terms of how Princeton plays, Creighton is one of those teams that if you want to play fast, they can go fast with you. They also are disciplined enough to play in the half court, where if you do decide to slow it down and you do make shots late in the clock, they're disciplined enough where it's not going to deflate them. So for that, I think a really good game, but I do like Creighton in this game. (laughs)
0: Coach, Arkansas, UConn, Arkansas, huge win against Kansas the other day. Those guards that they have were tough, Davis and Council. Then you got to worry about their future lottery picks and Smith and Anthony Black, but UConn, they got some dudes too. Uh, Big man down low, Santiago, I don't pronounce his name right, but I know he could really go. Who do you like in this one? And, Coach, have you ever taken your shirt off after a big-time win like Eric Musselman?
2: Look, guys, if I did that, my kids and my wife would be mortified (laughs) with all the Italian food I've eaten over the years. You can forget that. (laughs) But as far as the game is concerned, you have a UConn team, as you guys know, deep, talented. They've got guys sitting on the bench that were stars at Tech, Alane. uh, Diara was at Texas A&M as a starter. And they don't even get major minutes. So they've got all the depth, all the talent, all the size, all the weapons. The only issue that they have there's two major issues. One, if they're turning the ball over, Arkansas can create some havoc here and get easy baskets. That's what Marquette did to UConn in the Big East tournament. That would be a subplot here. If UConn's turning it over, uh, that's going to be it's going to be tough for them to win. And then you've got to think about Arkansas and what Coach Musselman. Again, he's probably the Coach Izzo of the SEC in terms of his team to play their best basketball come the tournament time so in this game i think arkansas because of those turnovers if they create them i think they're the team right now that can upset uconn and still move on all
1: right coach before we let you go as it sits right now who do you like for the final four in houston
2: i hate to say it i look i'm rooting uh as you know down deep down as a fan i'd like to see texas and coach terry in the story i you know i don't know if that's going to happen but I do think if you're asking me, if is healthy, I really like this Houston team to not only get to the final four, they have a great chance here, um, you know, to cut down the nets, but that's just me. Okay. And then you have the UCLA, um, you know, that UCLA Gonzaga. For some reason, I think Gonzaga and I don't know why, I just think Timmy, the pressure's off of them, they're not playing as that one seed. I think they could sneak in here, um, you know, to a final four potentially. But I like Houston. Um, on the upper bracket, again, I, I think. Again, I'm just making sure I'm in the right regions here. I like Creighton on their side. Still, to upset, you know, they're the beat Princeton, and I think they're going to beat. Is it San Diego State or yep. um, San Diego or State Alabama. or Alabama right yep. on that side. Yep.
1: Yeah,
2: Yep. I see. I, 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to take some upsets here. I'm going to go Creighton. There you go. Houston. I'm going to take. I'm going to take um, um, Gonzaga. What I just mentioned here. Gonzaga. Gonzaga on that side, and then. On the other side, who am I missing on that other region? I'm just trying to get it together in my head as I'm. Michigan State. Yeah, Um, Michigan State,
1: K State, and the Tennessee FAU game.
2: Honestly, I think Michigan State gets there, guys. I do. I just think they're they're that program with all that culture. So, four teams that probably, you know, who knows if it happens that way, but I'm going with, you know, some cultured programs here. And listen, I wouldn't be surprised to see UCLA or the winner of that game get to the Final
1: Four. Yeah, kind of hard to bet against Mr. Izzo this time of year. He does know how to coach. Uh, Thanks to this coach for giving us some time. Scott Spinelli, check out the breakdown on the Believe Network at Coach underscore Spinelli, the former BC interim head coach. Nice enough to give us some more time. Coach, we really appreciate it. Maybe we can catch up with you next week before the Final Four.
2: Listen, have a great time here tonight, and uh, enjoy the games. And, again, that Florida Loverboy concert, man, I tell you what, that's a lot of fun to a guy like me, so enjoy yourself when you go. All there right? you
1: go. I'll do it. I'll do it. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and much like Coach just said, I- I'm not taking my shirt off that night like Muscleman either. I'm not going to do it, and I'm not wearing those tight red leather pants that the Loverboy guy always wears. I can't do that either. We're not doing that. My wife won't let me out of the house if I do that. I might. Depends on who we beat. You might. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, the world needs to see this dark chocolate. <laughs> Depends on the victory. Yeah. The level of victory. What is Muscleman going to do if they beat UConn? Oh, my Lord. I don't
0: know. Hopefully he can keep it together, but that's not him, so I I doubt
1: it. I hope he tries to get completely naked, and then that fine woman goes and tackles him. I hope his fine wife goes and tackles him on the floor so we get to see a little more of her. All right, uh, thanks to Coach for his time. Up next, in the crap bag, the Mavericks are protesting the result of last night's game. If you haven't heard why, oh, it is totally Mark Cuban. We'll explain next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. I feel like I'm going to know this. There it is. That's what, th- that's what I thought it was when it started. I'm like, man a minute. I think that's what it is. Maybe it's a slow build uh, to this. So this would be Mr. Don Henley with Dirty Laundry? Yep, that's right. There it is. Yep. Do my living on the evening news? Make my living on the evening news? Yeah, this was uh, a weirdly popular song with news, the news media. Even though he was making fun of them, they loved it. It was weird. Like he became really popular with all these news people, even though this is a song making fun of them, huh? Because it, it's you know, he puts in the lines about it's interesting when people die and all that, and they all made little reels out of it and thought it thought he was talking about them. It's like yeah, he is, but. Gotta pay attention. Uh, Don Henley and Foreigner are the way we start, or is the way we start today on a Thursday. Thanks to Scott Spinelli for his time. Coming up at 1, we'll give Jeff Howe a try. He's in Kansas City or he is getting to Kansas City. Um, At the very least, we'll mention Horns247.com and all the stuff they've got going on for you. they got a couple uh, got Jeff and and we talked to Chip uh, yesterday that they'll be there covering it in Kansas City. We'll get you more basketball breakdown and maybe by then we'll get some reaction from fans about this story we're just about to get into. Um, Remember, it is a Thursday, so... uh, uh, in addition to Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Hards, you will get... Speaking of Jeff, the Longhorn Blitz podcast replay. We get it for you Thursday, uh, Wednesday nights at 8, and then you also get it Thursday nights, and we'll roll it for you at 7 o'clock tonight. Longhorn Blitz podcast, all long, usually all Longhorn football. They'll mix in a couple other things, but they love talking Longhorn football and going deep diving on stuff. So if you're a Longhorn football freak, you need to check out Longhorn Blitz podcast. All right, coming up. Uh, again, we will definitely talk more hoops. we got the flex segment coming up. Some football schedules are already starting to come out. Plus, there's big weekends coming up on the recruiting front. But right now, let's get into the crap bag. We'll try to explain this Maverick story to you. Chad's Crap Bag.
0: Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap.
1: All right, brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. To me, this should be pretty simple. And Mark Cuban is making it really complex. And so is Jason Kidd, and so is Luka Doncic. So here we go. The Mavs played the Warriors last night. They ended up losing the game 127 to 125. But all the way back in the later part of the third quarter is where an issue came up Golden State misses a basket. The ball goes out of bounds under that basket, baseline under their basket. And if you're watching the game, it was on the right side of the screen. Ball goes out of bounds. The referee points Golden State, Golden State ball. Then immediately after that, he blows his whistle to signify a timeout that the Mavericks were due at that point. And he points all the way back down the floor at the Mavs bench like officials always do. There's a Golden State player nearby that started to get mad and say, wait, you said it was our ball. And and he clarifies, and I don't know exactly what he said, but something to the effect of, no, no, their timeout. Your ball, but it's their timeout here. Oh, okay. Go to the timeout and come back. And then Zay, that's where it got weird. Golden State sends five guys back to the spot where they're going to inbound. Steve Kerr looks around and realizes wait, there's no Mavericks down here on this end of the floor. Jason Kidd puts his guys on the other end of the floor, and the closest Maverick is at half court. And the official kind of looks around, blows the whistle. Hands the basketball to a warrior And then Steve Kerr realizes it and says Alright, go ahead and shoot Pass it in, easy bucket And then the Mavs end up losing by two So now Mark Cuban is protesting And among other things, he says "quote During the timeout The official changed the call and never told us mm-hmm. Then when we saw Uh, When they saw us line up as if it were our ball, he just gave the ball to the Warriors, never said a word to us. They got an easy basket, crazy it would matter, in a two-point game. He said it was one of the worst officiating non-call mistakes possibly in the history of the NBA.
0: I wouldn't go that far. Wow. But, yeah, there's some serious bitching going on Mark Cuban. He got too much money to be bitching like this. You know, with where the Mavs are, I do get his frustration in a way, but as a former official, the greatest official in Central Texas history at the high school level, if you're a ref, you gotta kinda let the other team know, hey, we're down here,
1: y'all can come down here. Maybe he waits there. Right, you wait, wait an extra a beat. little bit. Yo, coach, what's going on? Yeah. No, but the team was on the floor. He looked out and saw the floor. F- he saw five Mavericks. They're yeah. in, they're entitled to be wherever they want to be. And this is the NBA. This ain't grade school.
0: Exactly. Little pips. This ain't ain't none of that. This ain't
1: junior high summer league. This ain't
0: junior high summer league. These guys should know what's up. Now, Sean Wright, the main official, he was asked about this incident after the game, and he said initially on the floor, the original signal was, in fact, Golden State's ball, as this can be seen on video. Like you said, he pointed, Golden State's ball. Yeah. There is a second signal, but that signal is for a mandatory timeout that was due to the Mavs. So when the ball went out of bounds, I guess the Mavs thought it's their ball,
1: right? Without waiting
0: ca- to see the signal, without waiting to see the signal, timeout it's was clear. Called. He clearly points Golden State's way. Right? Timeout was called. Jason Kidd goes to his side. Steve Kerr. Everybody goes to that side. Jason Kidd. I guess is he drawing up an offensive play? Yes. Because this doesn't make any sense. It's the third quarter, so the only time you're able to push the ball up the court when it's on the baseline during the timeout is two minutes in the fourth. That's the only time the ball gets to advance. Right. So if you call it in the third quarter beneath the basket, you gotta You got to go beneath the basket. Now, if the bucket was scored, you could run the baseline, but it just went out of bounds. But you'd still
1: have to be down there. Yeah, you're just there. And that's what brings up my ultimate point here. If they thought they had the ball and Kidd had actually called a play— to run. Where's your inbounds guy, coach? You had your closest guy at half court. If you really believed it was your ball, where's your inbounder? You know how this game works. You're Jason Kidd. You're supposed to care about, at least somewhat know the details. We know from listening to you speak this season, you don't seem to care about a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I'm in the Hall of Fame already. I got my ring.
1: But this to me is, it, it, it's embarrassing that Cuban is focusing his anger on officials and the NBA. Get mad at your coach. Get mad at your best player. Get mad at your at all your players because they all missed it. Get mad at your coaching staff because they all missed it. See, this is that 2006
0: PTSD that Mark Cuban's having when D. Wade was going to the free-throw line off every right. ticky tack foul in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. He's just always had this really bad, you know, thing with the ref. Him. He thinks I they're get against it. Them and all this stuff, and he thinks he knows the game more than anybody. He has that shot right on the bench. Like, he's one of the only owners that goes to majority of the games. Like, owners don't do it like that. Right. He's so invested, and I'll say this to the Mavs' whole team. Somebody, you have like 40 people on your bench, from training staff to assistant coaches, just randos that wear the Maverick shirt. Like, there are so many different jobs nowadays. Somebody needs to say, hey, isn't it our ball? Or maybe an assistant coach should go to the ref, like, whose ball is it? Yeah. But everybody's assumption was, okay, it's the Mavs ball. Then you got your star player doing the money signal with his hands. Yeah, that too. And he's already one of the biggest crybabies in the league. I get it. He's been a pro for a long time, and the rules in Europe are different than they are in the
1: league, and mm-hmm. that drives them nuts. But still, like – He'll get fined for that. Cuban's going to get fined for probably if, – if he keeps going here, he may get fined if he ends up accusing them of something. But when you have your best player doing that, that's Luka Doncic insinuating that the, play, that the refs are on the take. He's supposed to be one of the best players in the league. He's supposed to be one of the elite players, and now he's doing that? That's such a horrible look. I think it makes Cuban look like a child, and I think it makes Doncic look cheap. I don't like it. As a fan of this team, I wore my Mavs shirt today. I love my Mavs. I love my team, but come on, man. I'm going to call it like I see it. I do not understand the Mavericks' perspective on this thing. Eye in the sky doesn't lie. You missed it. They called the ball for Golden State. Yeah, you just you, look dumb. You missed that fact. Everything else doesn't matter. There's not one other thing in that story to me that makes the Mavs seem like they're right. It's their ball. They called our ball. Nope. And then the PA announcer. I don't care what the PA announcer said. Yeah, that's that. I don't care. You you
0: can't say that if you're Mark Cuban. The ref should hear the PA announcer. No. Nope. You're locked in. As a ref, you're not listening to the PA announcer. You're locked into the game. You better be. If you're worried about what's going on, the PA announcer, what's going on, the crowd and looking around and stuff, you ain't doing your job. Yeah. Exactly. So for him to say the PA says this and that, and the, for a ref to go, oh no, that's wrong, PA guy. Let me go fix this. That's not what these officials are focused on. No, they Mark. made,
1: yeah, they made the call and they just they they absolutely missed it. I hope he rescinds this protest. I hope this actually doesn't go through. Uh, it was just done for him to jump up and go to the scores table immediately. You're the owner of the team. Just sit down. Do you even in his crazy moments? Do we see Steve Ballmer doing that?
0: No, no, we see him just
1: doing to, awkwardly celebrations on the sideline, running to the scores table. There's a guy whose job it is to deal with that, Jason Kidd or an assistant. Send somebody else to the table, Mark. Yell at somebody. You're really telling me is Mark Cuban in that moment billionaire? Mark Cuban. You want to walk up there yourself without telling – just yell at someone. Pick anybody. Pick an assistant. Pick a random player. Have Kyrie do it. He was in street clothes just chilling. Have Dirk do it. He was sitting right nearby. I don't know why Dirk would do it. But whoever, don't do it yourself. Yeah,
0: Mark. It looks so stupid. Mark, don't act like a Mark. Ugh. He just – ugh. Acting like a real mark right now.
1: Man, we know he's a mark for the Mavs. I know that, but that is not good. As a Mavs fan, that is not what I want my team looking like. By the way, the loss kicked him down from what would have been a six seed down to a nine seed, but they got a lot of other stuff they need to be focused on, Zay. That's the other thing. If he really is distracting us all, And trying to make this the story? No, man. The story is that your coach and two best players don't care about consistently playing defense. And it's going to cost you. That's what matters. What matters is you haven't put a good basketball team together that can get stops, be big, and be effective. The rest of the league doesn't take you as a threat at all all. That's the problem, not some weird officiating thing that you just missed.
0: Yeah, and somebody on the text line said a ref was down on the other end with the Mavs. Well, that's because there's supposed to be a ref on the baseline, mm. on both baselines, until you could see all the players on the court. So if they have uh, okay. one player on the very far end of the baseline, that ref has to be down there, because something could happen that they could sure. miss. If there are two players on opposing teams on one side, and one gives a dirty elbow because the ref's down on the other end waiting for the ball That's on the ref <laughs> So you gotta make sure you see all the refs Which that's why gotcha. the official was down there On the baseline probably wondering What the hell y'all doing down here
1: Real quick question about that official um, Silly question but did he have a basketball in his hand? Yeah
0: Did he? Oh
1: no no no, no. which one are you talking about? The one what? on the other end of the floor no, with no, the no, Mavs? No, no 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 Oh so then he didn't have the ball So the one with the ball might have been more important Yeah I- Interesting Uh huh Okay Yeah Good grief <laughs> Good Lord. All of a sudden, Mark Cuban, Jason Kidd, Luka Doncic, and the entire Mavericks organization forgot all the details of basketball. Yeah, Jason Kidd, you have one of the best basketball IQs the NBA has ever seen. God. How's this happen? What has gotten him to stop caring? I don't understand what is going on.
2: He's
1: not caring? He just stopped caring about all of it. What happened to him? Mark Cuban is all mad at all these other things. Go to your head coach and and figure out why he stopped liking basketball all of a sudden. That's what I'm saying. I
0: need a chip on your shoulder head coach, man. Not a head coach that's in the Hall of Fame for his playing days. Not a guy who's won rings and stuff. I need a chip on his shoulder. If you won rings, cool. Be that like Bill Jackson, sure. winning rings, yeah, like as one of the role player guys. Right. Steve Kerr, be like him, uh-huh. winning rings, yeah, because Steve has that hunger still. They're still adding rings. They're still adding <laughs> yeah, rings. They got more. that hunger. They, the want. kids like, sure, man, I've been the man for a long time.
1: Yeah, I don't love it. I do not love it as a fan. If you're a Mavs fan too, let me know. Maybe I'm missing something, uh, some detail of last night, but I do not get that story at all. That's a crap bag. We do it every day. About twelve forty-five. We're running late here. Let's get to the top of the one o'clock hour. We'll try Jeff Howe. He's Traveling to Kansas City, we'll get you set up for all of that. Texas and Xavier, four games tonight on the bottom of your bracket. We'll get you that preview, too. Coming up on the Horn.